Lord God, wake us up to a worship for you now this fall. In the midst of all this struggle, may our worship not stop. And all of God's people said, Well, hey, church. Just excited to uh, be here with you today and worshiping with you. Whether you're here in person or you're joining us online, uh, we are just here to lift high the name of our King today. Uh, we just love him and we want to uh, just lift his name high. Uh, just a reminder that if you want to sing out big, we just ask that you raise your masks up. Uh, just care for those people around you. Uh, this is for the people here at home. You don't have to do that, I don't think. But if you just raise your masks up, if you're going to sing out big, if you want to sing a little quieter or just uh, or just not sing at all and just raise your hands, you can leave your mask down. But if you're going to sing out big, and I would encourage you to sing out big, we just ask you to raise your hands and uh, just love the people around you as you do that. I want you to stand with us and let's just uh, sing to our kings. Sing the glory of your name. 
lifted to you, for you are worthy of it all. Lord, we just love you, we praise you, we are so grateful that you are in this place this morning, that you want to meet with us here today, you want to change our lives, you want to change our hearts, you want to make us more like you. Lord, we pray that happens today, that we just offer ourselves to you. We pray this all in the name of your beautiful, precious son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. All right, well, hell, hey, welcome Summit Point Church, whether in person or online. This is a place where you can belong, experience, and pursue our living God, and that is the church that we are, whether online or in person, amen? Great to have you here with us today. My name is uh, Kent Smith, and I'm the associate pastor, and on behalf of Pastor Tim, the rest of the staff, yeah, our elders, we just want to welcome you and uh, extend a very special welcome to each and every one of you today. Um, I want to ask you to take a moment, if you would, and go ahead and uh, fill out that friendship register. We've been doing this for quite a few weeks now. You should have the routine, the process down here. If you've got the church app, you can fill out that uh, friendship register in that way. If you're online with us, you should see a little box that will drop down in the, uh, the public chat section there. And uh, click on that, and uh, you can go ahead and fill out that friendship register. This way, it just allows... Uh, you to let us know that you are with us today, and uh, it also gives you an opportunity at the bottom of that friendship register uh, to be able to uh, share with us a prayer request. And uh, every Tuesday late morning, our staff prays over every single one of those prayer requests. And then later in the week, we've got about 200 people who also then pray over every single one of those prayer requests. And so if, you've, if you're walking through some challenging times here, um, just take a moment and fill out that friendship register, fill out that prayer request, and uh, we would love to be able to storm the throne of grace on your behalf and become load carriers with you in that way. And so please take advantage of that friendship register and the section at the bottom for the prayer requests. A um, couple of announcements here, and the first is uh, for you ladies. Um, the ladies have already begun their, uh, their study in the book of Philippians, and uh, it is both in person and online, uh, but they've got five more weeks to go. And so if you didn't have an opportunity to join the ladies either in the morning or in the evening or online um, on Wednesday, you still have an opportunity to do that. Um, it will still be of great value to you, and I want to encourage you ladies to, uh, to join in and uh, as they walk through uh, some great passages uh, out of the book of Philippians. Um, you don't need to register for that, but what would be helpful is if you were to call the church office to just say, hey, I, I'm interested in joining the group either in person or online, and then they can direct you accordingly. And uh, so ladies, we want to just encourage you to take advantage of this. And then uh, we have another study that that's, uh, you can hop online at any point in time. It's called Grasping God's Word. 
And uh, this is a, uh, it's an online study only, and uh, you can pick it, uh, that up at any point in time. Just go to our website, and you go to the studies um, or uh, information there. You can find it. And uh, it's a study that's designed to help you to get a, an understanding of the whole of Scripture from the Old Testament, from Genesis, to the, through the New Testament, to the book of Revelation. As you just get a, a broad picture of God's plan of redemption, and it should just be a great source of encouragement for you to sort of allow you to wrap your arms around the entirety of God's word and to really see how God is working through history. And so just want to encourage you to take opportunity uh, online and uh, just go to our website and the information uh, is there available for you. And then also now for you men on uh, Tuesday, October 13th. Uh, we've got a men's gathering that's going to be happening. It's going to be in person, but also it is going to be live streamed. And so you've got an opportunity for that, men. And so we just want to encourage you to join us for a powerful night of, uh, of worship and in the word. And uh, we'll be looking at how Christ is greater, how Jesus is greater in the book of Hebrews. And it should just be a great time for the men to gather together, both in person and live stream for that. just want to encourage you men to go ahead, get online, check it out. You can get registered for that as well. There's other things that are going on uh, here in the church, and we're excited for all that God is doing uh, here in this place, both in our, our student ministries, our children's ministry, and uh, certainly here, and uh, as we as adults just are about making much of Jesus Christ. And so we're just excited that uh, you are part of what God's doing here in this place. Um, before we pray for our offering um, and uh, other things, just let me encourage you to take advantage of the opportunities that are available to give to honor God with your first fruits. And you can do that by going online. And uh, if you've got our church app or online, you can, uh, you can give in that way. Or at the end of the service, our ushers will be in the back and uh, they'll be able to receive the offering at that point in time as well. And uh, so just thank you for the way in which you have continued to faithfully steward the resources that uh, that God has given to you. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you that you truly are the sovereign God of the universe. The one who is in control, who manages it all, who understands it all, who isn't surprised by anything that happens. You sit in a place of, of absolute power and authority. Our Father, you also tell us in your word that we should pray for all of those who are in authority over us, for our governing officials, both local and regional and national. And Lord, we would pray, especially this morning, for our president. We ask, Lord, that you would bring healing to his body as he recovers from the virus. We ask, Lord, that you would bring healing to his soul as well. We ask, Lord, that in the midst of what we are dealing with in this world right now for this virus, we ask and pray for an end to the virus, to the impact that it's having on so many hearts and lives, the hardships that it's created, the frustration, the chaos. But Lord, we know that you are using this for your purpose. And although we might not be able to understand what it all means, we can trust you because you are in control. And we can take confidence and hope in that. That we don't need to trust in ourselves, but we can trust in you. Father, I pray that you would use this church in a powerful way to continue to impact hearts and lives, both locally and regionally and internationally. But Father, I pray that as the offering has been given, 
and is being given, that you would use it, that your name might be lifted up and glorified, that we would be able to continue to make much of you in, in every way. I would also pray, Father, that as your word is opened up to us today, that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to understand what you would have to say to us, that we would surrender and submit our wills and our way and our preferences and our opinions to your word. Give us a greater understanding of what you would have to say to us today. Our Father, we love you. We want to continue to worship you. And I pray all of these things in the powerful resurrected name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
before you we hand our lives to you right now Lord may you get all the glory may you get all the praise as we draw near to you you are our hope and you are our savior it is in the saving awesome power of Jesus I pray these things and all of God's people said amen Love that song. Powerful time to just reflect. Man, our life is meant to be a worship of Jesus Christ with all we've got. We're going after being on fire for him. And uh, that's the series we're in actually, Light the Fire. What does it look like for our hearts to be lit up? to be drawing near to him, to be celebrating him with all we've got, right? As a church, all of us collectively and each of you individually, me personally, what does it look like for us to be on fire? And so we're walking through this book, 1 Timothy, we're going verse by verse all the way through the book, just saying, Lord, show me what you'd have me to know that I might be more on fire. May we go after him with all we've got. So do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy 2, starting in verse 8. And uh, as we get going here today, we're talking about being uh, members of a church on fire. Being members of a church on fire and with purpose as we go after it. God's got purpose, purpose for the 
men in the church, purpose for the women in the church. And as we dive in today, we're going to see him address that. So point number one, draw close to your God and value most a heart on fire for him. Draw close to your God and value most a heart on fire for him. And uh, he starts out, he says, I desire that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. He's like, I desire the men to be praying. Now, last week he just talked about, I desire that really all be praying and be praying for all people, that we bring in allness to our prayer. And now he begins to break it down into the gender the specifics. And he's like, hey guys, I want you to be praying. Isn't it interesting that when he starts out and he's trying to light the fire for the church, the first thing he says to the guys is, pray. All too often, we as guys, man, we're pretty fired up about jumping in, about getting after, about doing something with. And he's like, just so we're clear, get after prayer. May the first thing we go after be prayer. Man, I'm preaching to myself here as much as I'm preaching to anybody else in the room. May our passion be prayer. That's what he's talking about. Make sure you bring a hunger for your God in your time. When you wake up, make sure those are the first things you're spending your time with in the day. Lord God, I'm giving you this focus. And throughout the day, being able to pray. Man, a church on fire will have men on fire in their prayer. Ready? Men. And all of God's men said. Man, it's a huge deal. Don't walk out today and say, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna change in my life. This is a great specific to take on. Guys, may our prayer life be on fire. Let's put it this way. It gets pretty easy when we can celebrate maybe like a fourth quarter touchdown that ends up winning the game. Bears last week, right? Like, hey man, that's right, when it happens, it's worth applause and celebration because it's not gonna be often, right? Praise God for that. We rise up, we're like, yes, that's what I'm talking about, right? The dog freaks out a little bit. It's a good moment, right? As we're celebrating what's happening and we're taking, may we not have more celebration for a touchdown at the end of a game than for our Lord and Savior and all he does. May we be fired up about God moving in this church and fired up about God moving in our family. Guys, may we celebrate in prayer. May we come to him. Notice he says, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Lifting holy hands, meaning, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, I was wrong in this. This has to go. And uh, making sure that you have confession as a part of your prayer, Lord, I was wrong in this. Please forgive me for how I was treating my family or my spouse or, right? Bring it to them clearly, lifting holy hands. And then it says, without anger or quarreling. No battling at the human level, right? Just so we're clear, any relational baggage of battling, it ends up wrecking our prayer life, guys. And he's like, just... Too often we go at something a little firm, like I want this changed. We start bringing an anger. We start bringing a passion, a hunger for it to move. And we press in and we hurt. And then in that hurt, we kind of keep that stirring. And then we're like, Lord God, would you please? Or maybe even worse, maybe we try to change it ourselves, And then when it doesn't change, then we go to God and we're like, Lord God, will you please change Bill, right? He needs to know. And all of a sudden, we're looking for div divine intervention to get it my way, 
right? That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about worship on fire, celebrating what God is doing, confessing what's going on and saying, Lord, what do you need to change in me that this might go your way? Lord, may you get all the glory. That is our call, men, to be praying with all we've got. May this church be represented by men in every family praying, praying regularly and faithfully. All right. He steps over now from the men to the women. He says, likewise also, he's like, hey man, this was a call to worship for the guys. This was a call to celebrate a changing worship in your life. Now for the ladies, he says, likewise also, the women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel. And uh, this word adorn, like if we read this too quickly, we're going to miss the point. Here's what it does not say. It does not say put on some nice clothes. It's not the word put on. It's the word adorn. That word actually means make your world about. Adorn. It's the word world. It's your values. It's everything you go after. It's your focus. It's not just what do you put on. That's missing it. It's way too small. It's like make sure that as you're valuing all of life, you're then choosing what you put on externally to be respectable to the Lord as well. Make sure it's a worship expression that spills out. This adorning, it speaks to order, it speaks to value, it speaks to your whole world of focus. He says, ladies, make sure that you're choosing respectable apparel. And uh, making sure you're, you're honoring your God and not just what's going on inside, but letting that spill out to the choice of clothing. He says, with modesty and self-control. And I got to be honest, man, this word modesty, maybe not the best word to choose here. In our English, we know that word. It basically means just don't make it too sexual. Don't make it too promiscuous. Don't make it too revealing. That word modesty is kind of only that. It's a narrow category for us. But it means so much more in the original language. It actually means, best way to say it, take a personal stand against evil and with good. That's what that word modesty means. To take a personal stand against evil and with God and his goodness. Make sure that your clothing is expressing your personal stand with your God. That's really what he's saying. With modesty and with self-control. Choosing clothing that's going after honoring your God and showing that you worship him and that you're with him. And um, ladies, God loves that he's created you with absolutely gorgeous beauty. He does. And it's great to be celebrating that and being wise in how you choose that along the way. I'm just gonna say this, this is way more a heart check than a hemline check. You hear me? Like if you were raised in a traditional church like I was, this is way more than a heart check than a hemline check. This isn't some measuring statement. This is like, hey, where is your heart in all of this and your worship in all of this? And, and uh, are you ready to go after your God with all that you choose? He says here, not with braided hair and gold and pearls. And uh, let's be super clear. Again, he's using this word world. Like this is your whole thing. Your whole value statement is the braided hair and the gold and the pearls. Like I have to have the richest and the best. And quite frankly, most believe that probably he's actually alluding to uh, that dress that would have been used by temple prostitutes. A lot that would have been aligned with the world and the feel goods and the celebration of money. And he's like, be careful with it. Please hear me. He's not saying braiding hair is bad. So if you're in here today and you're like, I just braided my hair. Great. Like, not that, 
Not that. He's talking about making that your world. Like I make the entirety of my focus when I wake up in the day. I want to make sure that I'm dressing me up to show me off in such a great way that, do you hear me? It's the difference between putting something on and making it your world. Being careful with what you choose and being wise about it. Choosing respectable apparel along the way. He's like, don't be dressing like the world does, just trying to show self off. Don't have a world focus that is walking away from God. And uh, I'll just say it this way, ladies. Um, three ways for how you can dress to honor the Lord. Three ways for how you can dress to honor the Lord. Remember, this is a heart check, not a hemline check, right? Here we go. Number one, it is okay to appreciate beauty. Absolutely important we grasp that. It is okay to recognize that God has done something great and beautiful with you, and it's okay to celebrate that. And uh, please hear me on that. This is not about somehow hide that, shade that down. It isn't that. It is okay to appreciate beauty. Number two, uh, beauty is so much more than a sexual reveal. You got so much more to give than just a sexual reveal. Please hear me on this. As a dad with two daughters, you have so much more to give than just a sexual reveal. And uh, know that God thinks of you in an awesome light. And you're dressing to show that. I just wrote four words down that may go with that. Uh, four words that reveal other than the sexual reveal. Here's some. Color, uh, creativity, class, character. And these are all great words to go after when you're looking at dress choice for the day. Color, creativity, class, character. The world often just kind of goes for how much can I show, right? But I'm telling you, color, creativity, class, character, that's at least a great starting point for saying, I want to be able to use my clothing to show that I worship God Almighty, all right? Uh, beauty is so much more than just a sexual reveal. And then the third one here, um, dress, ready? This is a big one. Dress not to draw the lust of the guy or the envy of the girl. Dress not to draw the lust of the guy or the envy of the girl. It's a really big deal. If you're dressing and you're putting something on and you're like, he is going to so want, okay, that's a problem, right? Seriously. And like, if you're, the whole thing is about, I'm going to draw the lust of the guy. We're moving towards a sin moment. That's the miss, right? Or she is going to so wish she had what I, right? That, that's the miss. Not uh, dressing up for the lust of the guy or the envy of the girl. Heart check, okay? It is great, I'm gonna go back to the top, to appreciate beauty and to be able to celebrate that with all you've got. And uh, love being able to see the different expressions of beauty that you guys come up with and going after that in creative ways, may God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's women said, it's a huge deal. It's a huge privilege to be able to go after that with all you've got. He says, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Like, man, go way beyond just the reveal. Go way beyond just the, it's all about me and what I'm putting on for the day. Make sure that while you do appreciate the beauty God has given, that you also are saying, Lord, I long for the beauty to start inside. 
And may it well up from my heart on fire for you. May it spill out to what clothing I choose, how I do my hair, whatever choices go there, that that might express the love I have for my God. And may it end up affecting my hands and my words as my very works spill over into this world. May I make my world a worship of my God. And may that show. That's all he's really saying. Make your worship for Jesus Christ, your world, it'll show. It'll show on all the decisions and all the fronts and all the ways, okay? And uh, make sure your focus brings a huge drawing near to Jesus Christ. You know, this past week, uh, I was talking to Megan, uh, my older daughter. We were texting back and forth a little bit. You know, she was due last Thursday. She's still due sometime. And uh, so that's coming along. But uh, we were texting back and forth and... Uh, she said, boy, I just miss the fire in the backyard. I, when we were able to sit back there, and we didn't do it very often, but being able to have a fire in the backyard and cook some s'mores and you're just talking and in this cool weather, right? It just brings it out in you. It was amazing because when she had texted that, I thought the exact same thought about two hours earlier. It was nice and cool out. I'm like, man, we should be doing a fire soon. Like getting near a fire when it's cool where you draw up close and you feel that heat. Can you feel it? Just put yourself there where you feel the heat of the fire as maybe the wind blows it a little at you. And you can feel that as you're just now talking and laughing and interacting that night. As you stare into the fire and you can see like the oranges and the yellows, depending on the kind of wood you buy, maybe the blues or the greens that come on there, right? You could see the different colors. Every once in a while, like the wood would crack and pop and it would release some sparks that would float up into the air, right? You would feel the breeze blow and the smoke that would bring just that very specific smell of bonfire, right? Drawing near to the fire and warming up with one another. Man, I'm telling you, he's like, draw near to the heat of the fire that is Jesus Christ. Draw up close, draw the heat from him. Be able to enjoy in every facet of what you're bringing in, in all parts of your life and living, make it a warm connecting with your God. May he be the fire you draw near to. May that change and rock your world of worship. Guys, may that rock your prayer life. Girls, may that rock every choice you make from the inside that fills up, spills over, affects even the clothing choice, even the word choice. May God get all the glory. That's what we're talking about. The privilege to draw near. And all of God's people said, amen, man. All right. Point number two, see the value of men and women and recognize the biblical role of headship. See the value of men and women and recognize the biblical role of headship. Now, as we get into this passage, I'm just going to tell you, this was the one passage where I'm like, am I sure I really want to preach 1 Timothy? Okay, so just so you've all heard me say that ahead of time. And now we're going to ease through this passage and we're going to make sense out of it because there's some things that just aren't properly taught. And we're going to walk through this very clearly. All right. So here we go. Uh, first, it starts out, let a woman learn. Know this, ladies, God loves you. He longs for you to be discipled. Let a woman be discipled. That's what that means. Let her be able to grow in me. Let her be able to know me. Let her be able to have a passion for me, 
from the youngest to the oldest, both male and female, God, God, God desires to disciple all people. And ladies, he loves you with all he's got. And he's like, let's make sure that our ladies are growing up in me with all they have. Okay, let a woman learn. And then he says, quietly with submissiveness. Oh, great. Well, that's really fun to hear. What does that mean, right? Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I'm just telling you, one of the worst translations I read on this says, let a woman learn in silence. That is not what this word means. That is not it. Everybody say, not that. Okay, there's a different word for that. And that's not the word chosen. The word chosen here means literally, uh, it means to be settled, not unruly. It does mean to be quieter. The word quiet is a good capture of that. But it has more to do with a heart that's not pushing against, not rebelling. It's uh, basically a respect of headship, if you will. All right. Now this says, let women learn quietly. But just so you know, there are other passages that say, and let men also live quietly. Did you know that? That's a piece that I hadn't heard taught before, and I think it's a little bit of a miss. First Thessalonians 4.10 says, we urge you, brothers, to aspire to live quietly. Same exact word. We urge you, brothers, all believers, to live this quietly, not unruly, respectful, not pushing against leadership. That's all believers, man. Here he's calling out to the ladies, and he's like, keep doing that as you're learning in the church. Make sure there's a respect in that and it's going along that way. Okay, all of us called to live this quieter, respectful, settled life. And yeah, ladies, he's calling that same word out now here as the discipleship piece. He's like, make sure you're not bumping against headship and pushing hard. First Thessalonians 4.10 says that. Just so you know, Second Thessalonians 3.12, same thing. Same word, all believers Make sure that you live quietly. So both men and women in that regard. So now he steps up a level. He says, I do not permit women to teach or to exercise authority over a man. I do not permit women to teach or exercise authority over a man. And so again here he's saying, look, let's not upside down the headship. I'm doing something. Hang on. There's a few guys that I'm going to be raising up to doing some leadership in the church and they will give answer to me. Hebrews 13, by the way, one of the most sincere passages I take to heart every single day of my life. Hebrews 13, we as leadership give account for what's going on and we will answer to God for it. It's a huge calling. And he's like, I'm doing something, hang on. And as I'm raising up these few, let the headship lead, let them speak. Don't buck against that, hang on. He's like, ladies, make sure you're showing a respect to that. I, I don't want the teaching over men or the authority over men, right? And so in this case, very specifically, this is guys would be teaching to all the church, men and women. Ladies can be teaching to women within the church, and to our kids within the church. And by the way, and they bring it. Love the women that we have leading and teaching in huge ways with high skill set. Absolutely important that we grasp that. I mean, our women's ministry is on fire with leadership. We got Jana leading that well. We've got Christy and Stacy who bring the teaching. Like you would not believe, ladies, you don't want to miss out on the ladies' ministry. They bring it so powerfully. And our teaching into the children's ministry, right? We've got Sarah and Katie who just bring it. 
and our teaching and our leadership, we celebrate the women in this church that have high abilities and strengths and we raise them up to where it is so appropriate and we let them go on fire. Ready? And all of God's people said, man, don't miss that. That's a huge deal. But there are a few positions that are called for headship that are asking, God is asking for that to be male. And uh, very specifically, he says that um, he's asking that women not teach, basically in the common collection of the body, the men and women together. He says, rather she is to remain quiet. Man, I'm just telling you, every one of these words can be so offensive if you read it out of context. Remember though, every single believer called to live quietly. And now also the statement again, the reiteration, and she is to remain quiet. By the way, along with all of the others who are not in headship, right? Super important that we grasp that. This somehow by some has become an abuse down on a specific gender. And it is absolutely unacceptable. But it is lifting up as high as God so allows and seeing those in headship taking their proper role along the way as well. It says, rather, she is to remain quiet. Again, not unruly, respectful in the midst, okay? I'm just telling you, our society has a real problem with the words I just said, period. Um, and uh, many in here, you might be struggling even hearing the words. And I get it. And I'm pleased asking you to hear my tenderness in what I'm saying. And, and with high responsibility, there's a few of us that take these positions of headship and we work together and we love each other, okay? It's a big deal. And as we walk through this, I just wanna make it clear. Society teaches this statement. Your role defines your value. Your role defines your value. You say to somebody, hey, so uh, what do you do? Or who are you? Tell me a little bit about yourself. And the first thing you do is you start describing your job. Like our role defines our value. That is wrong, okay? Our role is not our value. Really, Tim, do you got a biblical proof for that? Yeah. So God the Father, God the Son, right? They're equal. Both of them completely divine. The full Godhead character pouring out in the two of them, right? God the Father and God the Son, completely equal. And yet Jesus puts his will underneath God the Father. He submits his will and says, I'm going along with that. God the Father and God the Son and Jesus plays a role where he sacrificially comes to this earth. He dies for us, he rises for us, and he is our Savior, submitting under the Father. And that submission does not take away his equality. While there is an under in role, there is an absolute equality. Please hear me. While there is an under in role, there is an absolute equality. And that's what we're talking about. There is an absolute equality and a value between men and women. There's just a role that's being played in the midst of it. And that's what God is calling us to. It's a huge deal that we grasp that. And uh, like I said, I love the strength that we have in our church. Um, I do wanna make this clear. This passage, by the way, does not apply into the secular world, all right? This is not something that's like, oh, there can't be a female CEO or something like that. Doesn't apply into the secular world in that way. This is for the church and really for the families of those in the church with headship for the guys uh, in that regard. All right, he says four, like here's the reason. And uh, let me give you the reason. Now there's a lot of people that'll teach. Yeah, I understand this passage says that, but it's cultural, just throw it out. It's 
cultural, man. You just got to get rid of it. And uh, I understand why you want to do that. And I definitely understand our culture pushes against this. But please hear me. His next statements tell you why. And they're not cultural. They're theological. They're not locked in time to where he was. They are timeless. So here we go. He says, for Adam was formed first and then Eve. His reasoning for doing this is saying, God created the world. And when God created this world, he created it with an order, a purpose. He started out and he created Adam first and then he created Eve. By the way, when he created Adam, he was like, this is good. When he created Eve, he's like, this is very good, right? So there's a partnership in this. There's a helpfulness in this. There's an equality of value in this, but there is an order in this. God did create Adam first. He's like, there is an order. Let's respect that order. Let's understand what God's doing, even in creation. This theological truth, by the way, this is a huge deal that when you read this scripture, you read this appropriately, all right? When you read this scripture, you absolutely understand that I have to see the theological nature to it. And he's like, just so we're clear. So uh, in the four, Adam was formed first and then Eve. There was a completeness in things, but there was absolutely an order in things. And then he says, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. He's like, Eve fell. She went for the apple first. All right, let's just be super clear. And then Adam fell. We all get that, right? So guys, if you're in here and you're like, yeah, Eve's the one who, (laughs) Romans 5.12, Paul's like, and Adam fell willfully. Eve was deceived. Adam willfully fell as headship. And from now on, sin gets passed down to every single human being. That's Adam's thing. Okay, so just so we're super clear, God's clear in all of scripture, whole counsel. Adam takes the blame here on a ton of it. But he's like, Eve, just so you know, you did fall first on that. And there was a headship being broken in this, a breaking out against. And in the breaking out against headship, it says Eve was deceived and she became a transgressor. Just so we're clear, when it says became a transgressor, That word became, it's in what's called the perfect form. It means it happened in the past and it's still true today. The results are still going on. So he's really creating a really bad problem. There was deception, there was transgression, and it's still in effect today. That's what he's saying with that verb form. It's a big problem. What do we do with it? And so he says, yet. By the way, that's the hope statement. He's like, there was this sin that happened and it's affecting even to today, but, but hang on, there's hope. He says, yet she will be saved, right? Thank the Lord. There is salvation that is offered up for sin. We can have forgiveness, absolute hope in that. Now let's read the whole phrase. Yet she will be saved through childbearing. What the, right? What in the world? Like, it is fair for you to go, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to wait for Sunday to hear what that means. <laughs> right? And I'm just telling you, there's a lot of thoughts on this passage. I do have a lockdown thought of my own on it. I'm going to walk it through here with you, all right? But I will say there's at least four or five different thoughts on this. So this isn't the only one. But I'm not going to go through all five. Here's what I'm going to say instead. There are times when we read scripture where we form a doctrine or a theology off of a passage we're reading, okay? 
And, and that's when there's a really clear, obvious statement to the passage, and we're like, form the doctrine on that. And when you have a very unclear passage, you're not sure what it means, let's not make that a time to come up with a brand new theology, right? So no theology coming out of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. There's no theology. It may support some theology we see elsewhere, but no new theology. Do you understand how I'm saying that? That's a really big deal when it comes to reading your Bible. Don't try to develop a new theology out of a very unclear passage, okay? So here we go, as we're now not going to develop a new theology, but we're going to explain this passage, all right? He says, and uh, she will be saved through childbearing. Uh, first of all, what it does not mean, it does not mean, everybody say not, it does not mean have a baby go to heaven. Okay, super clear on that, right? Glad you're laughing. That means no duh, right? All right. So let's answer this. Where it says through childbearing. The word through uh, usually means the method of. Like this is helping to bring it along. It doesn't say by. There's a different word for that. So this is kind of the method of. This is bringing it along. It's ushering in the salvation. Is the childbearing. Ushering it in. Refers to how Jesus would have entered the world to save. This throughness. And it says through childbearing, what it actually says in the original language is, ready? This could be worth writing down, by the way. It says through the childbirth. That's what it actually says in the original language. Saved through the childbirth. One singular definite article, birth. Very specific. I believe this very specifically is tying to Jesus Christ and him being uh, born into this world. God Almighty stepping into this world. God becoming man. That's what it's talking about. Do I have any support for that? Yeah, I do actually. I think Paul is showing us Genesis 2 and Genesis 3 in two kind of quirky verses, if you will. All right. So what he's actually saying, Genesis 2, God created Adam, then Eve. Right? Genesis 3 verses 1 through 8, Eve broke out. There was deception that happened from Satan. Eve broke out. She ended up sinning with that choice. And it has huge effect. And the effect of sin is described through all the rest of chapter 3. For ladies, it says, it actually is going to bring pain in childbearing. By the way, that's something my daughter Megan is contemplating a lot right now. <laughs> pain in childbearing, right? And it, it says that there is still the childbearing, but there's pain in that. And it says something else. In chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But the seed of the woman will crush the head of Satan. It says that the seed, singular, of the woman will crush the head of Satan. This is a talk about Jesus Christ. Everybody agrees Genesis 3.15 is a pointing forward to the Messiah hope and him coming. And he's like, ladies, hear me. There was a collapse down because of the deception. But get this. You get to have the ultimate role in ushering in the king of the universe to this world. The privilege of ladies to be able to bring in through childbearing. It's not speaking that every woman should or needs to. In fact, 1 Corinthians 7 says the exact opposite. Man, I would love it if you can remain single. Your worship will have that much more focus. 1 Corinthians 7, a huge validator that this isn't about somehow get married, have a baby. This is all about God giving privilege to women to be able to usher in the king of the universe. He's like, get this, 
through the childbirth, there is awesome salvation. And in case you misunderstand and you're like, well, somehow just being a woman then makes me saved or somehow having a baby makes me saved. And he's like, let me make it clear though. And he closes it down. He says, they will be saved if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Whenever you see the word saved, you see the word faith with Paul. Saved by faith. Saved by faith. This is a saved by faith statement and the privilege of ushering in the Messiah through childbirth. It's a huge deal. That's what I believe this passage means. That's my position on it. I'm not saying my position won't change in a future point in time. This is a very complicated little verse. And in fact, many will actually say, this is one of the most complicated verses in the New Testament because it just doesn't have a lot of context to be able to derive from. But here's the deal. The hope we have in him, that Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, sitting under God the Father, ended up being ushered into this world and he became our king. He lived perfectly. He died on the cross. He rose again. Jesus Christ for me. He is my king. And ladies, you have a huge privilege in being a part of that. Your gender cannot have that taken away. Yes, I use that word. Cannot be taken away. There is male and there is female. And ladies, you have a privilege that no guy can take. And that's it. And that's what he's saying. Know this, there's privilege. And God loves you. And God is saving humanity. And he's got a plan through Jesus Christ. May God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said, guys, may we be praying. May we let our hearts well up with a worship that spills over in prayer. Ladies, may we let the hearts fill up and spill over. May it affect how we dress. May it affect how we talk. May it affect our passion for God doing a work in our lives. And may we always understand there is no role that defines who I am. I am a child of God. I am giving my heart to him. And all of God's people said, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, we celebrate you and we thank you. Lord, we just ask that in this moment, in this room, Lord, that you would hear our hearts. That you would hear our hearts of worship. That you would hear our hearts of celebration. Lord, maybe even that you would hear our hearts of wrestling with the passage and trying to understand exactly what you're saying. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you love us. And just right where you are saying, Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me. And Lord, may I not divine my value by my role. That's a part I play in a picture where we're all pointing to your glory. Lord, may you get all the glory as I live my life. May you get all the glory. we do this? Why don't we just have you stand? I'm going to close it in prayer. And we've got a song to sing to our God. Lord God, we are bringing this moment to you. 
We're setting down ourselves and we're lifting you up. And Lord, we long for this church to honor you. Lord, in our private worship times, may our prayer be on fire. May our focus be lit up. May our choices in this world celebrate that we know you. May we give our heart to you with complete abandon. May it be all about you as we draw near to you, our heat, our fervor, our fire, our hope. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one come into this world to save. May you get all the glory. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. It's in the saving name of Jesus, I pray. And all of God's people said. In the secret place where I see your face, will you take me there again? You can search my heart in the deepest part from beginning to the end.
Us going after our God with a heart abandoned, worship bonfire, drawing near to Jesus Christ like He is that bonfire, drawing the heat, celebrating Him, worshiping your God. Guys, may our prayer life be on fire. Lord God, shape my prayer life like never before. May I go after that. Ladies, may your hearts be welling up from the inside and spilling over and affecting every facet. May God get the glory. Please hear me. Man, ladies, I love you with all I've got. Long to see God doing a huge thing in this church. Guys, if we're not praying, we're missing it. I long to see us going after that with all we've got. May this church be on fire. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.